welcome to episode number 24 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah and Doc and Adam. In this episode, we discuss the Inhumans TV show, Miss Marvel number 21, Secret Warriors number 5, Black Bolt number 4, and Christopher Priest and Phil Noto's Once and Future Kings number 1. Hi, guys! Welcome. Hello. It's been a couple it like, weeks. Yeah, it feels well, like a long time for some reason. Oh, just last the other week we had the we put up the interview with um, Christian Ward that we had recorded beforehand. So although it feels like it's a long time, it hasn't been that long. That's very true. Um, how you guys? I, I hope everyone enjoyed that interview because I thought it was just terrific. We had a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, he is great, and since then he's uh, he's become a new father, and uh, been lots of pictures on his. Uh, on his uh, what is it Instagram? No, no, uh, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter of baby uh, Olivia. No, Olive. It's Olive. Olive, Olive. She looks great. She is adorable. Uh, so Mazel Tov to him and his family. Um, yeah, things have been good. How you guys been? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. Think things have been okay with me. Um, I'm considering going to. Um, London Super Comic Con at the end of the month. Oh, uh, well, you should absolutely. You should. Yeah, go. I mean, there's a there's a few guys. Uh, there's Fraser Irving and David uh, Fraser Irving and David Hine are there, uh, uh, like they were at MCM. Uh, Brian Bendis is there. Yep. Oh, uh, Faye cool from the um, Fantasy Comic League is going to be there. Oh. Yes. Yeah, she's so. the one that told me it was um, it was happening. I completely forgot about it. And it was just you kind know, of like. Speaking of Fraser Irving, it, um, it was just announced that he's going to do a few fill-in pages for one uh, an upcoming issue of Black Bolt. Yeah, um, yes. to uh, to sort of uh, lighten the workload for Mister Ward as he um, accommodates to fatherhood. <laughs> yeah, so, which and, really- I mean, yeah, it's cool. I mean, as I, much I, as I, I love uh, Ward's work, and I think it's it's absolutely uh, such a pivotal part of what has made Black Bolt so great. Fraser Irving is a fine replacement and, and, um, and uh, I'll be really looking forward to seeing the pages he produces. Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, he, he did the covers for uncanny Avengers, uh, inhumans, <laughs> uncanny inhumans. Uh, what was it? 21, 20. Um, yes. Which yes. Was pretty good. Um, 19 talk- through 21. Um, and he also did secret uh, Silent War, which was fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of which, I um I finally got the Road to War of Kings omnibus. Oh, excellent! It's a good one. Oh dear, it's a it's a lot of money. <laughs> it was too much money. Um, no, now you've got a great yeah. coffee table book. Just slap that sucker right on there, and people can read it. I I, I think it'd break the coffee table to the <laughs> So what? It's just. It's like if I put all three, I think the coffee table would just just give way. So. Yeah, wow. it's, it's it's nicely on my bookshelf, so that's good. Good deal. So, um, we've been getting some reviews rolling out for the uh, Inhumans television show, and uh, well, it's a single review, arguably. Yeah, but they, I think they had it, them taken down because I don't think the embargo was lifted yet. I don't think the embargo is lifted uh, for another couple of weeks. I, I think I think they tried to get around it because they were like, "Oh, but it's spoiler free. It doesn't have anything in." Bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. But yeah. It, it, it's still, even yeah. if it's spoiler free and you've got an embargo, you can't really talk about it. But 
it's yeah, exactly. It's just kind of not they, they good, go around my, and my it one. just seems like people are kind of shitting on the show to shit on it. Yeah. Well, excuse my language. It, no, but I, th- I think um, I, th- I think there's a lot of people out there that you know are, are still you know, the holding humans versus X Men is still fresh in a lot of people's minds. So I, I think that that's not helping. Uh, I just think the whole. I'm going to be honest, I think the whole way that Marvel have treated the Inhumans property in the past couple of years has been a bit difficult, to yeah. put it nice. I, I think it's it's kind of, it's it's really divided fans. I think it's yeah. the better term for the word. Oh, and, and yeah, the fact that the Inhumans TV show has just been so disorganized. It's just, <laughs> let's release a trailer and it's got no CGI in it. Great. <laughs> Well, uh, the the director whose name escapes me right now, he 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 mentioned on his own Twitter that he was uh, equally underwhelmed by the trailer, and that he doesn't feel that the trailer uh, properly um, captures what the show is really um, about or like. Yeah, you know, it, again, it's too soon to tell. I mean, I feel like um, uh, that that you're just gonna have to wait and see. Um, they they did release a little um a, a little clip of uh, Medusa and Maximus yeah chatting which was which is actually really cool I mean that's what I expected from the get go and it was a bit of a shame that they didn't just wait a little bit longer to put that one out because that was really cool I really enjoyed that one but yeah. um I think it's 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 not quite too little too late but it is kind of a bit ugh you know disorganized. <laughs> I think the show will ultimately do fine. I'm not sure their uh, cinematic release, the the, the two week uh, sort of um, uh, movie uh, IMAX thing, will will generate that much money. But um, I don't expect I think, it you know, to. I don't think they expect it to either. Um, truthfully, I don't. I, I, they're not. It's not like it's one of the MCU movies. So I don't. Yeah. I don't think. It's I, going I think it's to. just a gimmick. Well, they did it <laughs> with Game of. Gimmick. They did it with Game of Thrones. So this is the second show they're doing it with, but this time I think IMAX is is funding it. So. Yeah, I think it's just a gimmick. Ultimately, I I, I, I think just wait wait till you see it on a, um, ABC. Oh no, I'm going to well, go see it in IMAX anyway. <laughs> yeah, I probably yeah. will as well, just because. Um, you know, it's it's an Inhumans movie. I'm not going to miss that. It, it, I'm going to go in with with uh, low expectations, and hopefully, I'll be uh, happily surprised. You know, I was I was actually discussing this with a, a friend at the well, an, an acquaintance I have at, at the at the comic shop just this week, and and uh, he said, you know what, whatever, uh, it's it's Inhuman live action Inhumans. I mean, I'm so excited to see. Black Bolt and Lockjaw in real life. I mean, if it's bad, whatever. It's still the Inhumans. And I was like, well, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's a good attitude. I think, yeah. uh, you know, if it's if it's good, it's if it's bad. It doesn't really matter. My my concern is if is that if it's a total flop, if it just completely just sinks, doesn't get doesn't get renewed for a second season and so forth, that that will lead to Marvel not being so into publishing as many Inhuman books but that as would they be, are. That would be on Marvel, though, because they totally mismanaged the Inhumans, I think, from the get-go in some cases. I mean, there are other things. I think now they're starting, now that, well, Will Moss, ever since Will Moss, I think, has taken over editing for the Inhumans, 
I think it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Well, there's been some course correction, and I and I, I would certainly not lay any of the blame at Charles Soule's feet. No, not I mean, at all. He did he did what he was asked, but with with Royals and Black Bolt and and now Once and Future Kings, and it, it definitely feels as though they have um, well, Secret Warriors maybe no. a little bit different. So yeah, they, that yeah. they have re-embraced um, all of the weirdness of that makes the Inhumans so great and kind of shied away from trying to make them more traditional superheroes. The, the, uh, the replacement X-Men approach has been um, discarded, and that's for the best. Yes. Yeah, I mean, although, you know, it's like you say, I think everything that Charles Soule did was absolutely great. It was amazing, really good story, you know, and um, I think that led really well into the new kind of the, the current status yeah. quo of everything. So, absolutely. Which we can only be thankful for, really. Right. Yeah. That said. So, um, that said, let's jump into the comics themselves. Yeah, this there's is... a couple, some great books oh, that man, came out we the last were... few weeks. It was a, it was a, what's the term? I don't know. <laughs> well, I find that just, you know, just, just in general, it was a heavy kind of, it was kind of a heavy month for comic books. It was sort of, uh, or so far anyway, yeah. Secret Warriors and Black Bolt was quite a... It's been a very good month to be an Inhumans fan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, let's start off with Miss Marvel, the latest issue of Miss Marvel, number 21, um, which uh, is something to see. Uh, it's the third issue of the very politically charged Mecca story arc, um, which, although is not officially a Secret Empire tie-in, it kind of might as well be. And I think it actually uh, handles a lot of the themes that Secret Empire has been trying to handle, but does it in a better fashion and a uh, uh, less of a heavy hand and more of a, I don't know, more realistic in some respects. Um, in any case, the uh, diabolical Chuck Worthy and his cronies have managed to take over the local government of Jersey City instituting this zero-tolerance policy towards inhumans and mutants and anyone who might possess weird powers or an odd appearance. I mean, which is completely unconstitutional, but somehow they managed to do it anyways. And he's got this uh, uh, this uniforms uh, rounding up anyone who looks inhuman or mutant or something like that. And it's being led by um, his, uh, his, his chief lieutenants, which are uh, Lockdown, otherwise known as uh, Basic Becky St. Jude, and Discord, who um, is a mysterious villain who seems super familiar to to Miss Marvel, but she can't quite figure out who he is, and his face is obscured by a mask. Um, and so in the last issue, um, Discord had, had apprehended Kamala's brother, Amir, and was threatening to kill him unless uh, Miss Marvel surrendered herself and allowed herself to be taken into custody. And she was unwilling to to put her brother's life at risk, so um, she agreed to surrender. Now, the various mutants and inhumans who had been rounded up they they weren't about to let to see their hero get arrested, so they fought back. And in in, in a, this big melee uh, ensues, and Discord is about to shoot. Amir, but before he can, uh, Miss Marvel grabs him and tosses him, and just you know, a big fight goes down. 
And um, interesting, uh, interestingly, the narrative actually sticks with Amir and the other former detainees as they run off and they end up seeking uh, shelter at the local mosque where um, uh, Sheikh Abdullah makes his long overdue reappearance. Now, for longtime readers of Miss Marvel, uh, Sheikh Abdullah is uh, this is he he's um, the local sheikh and and he is one of the people one of um, the people who was very pivotal to Kamala choosing her path. Uh, um, he was an early mentor of hers and a really well written and interesting character. Um, and he offers. Um, sanctuary to all to Amir and all these kids all these mutants and 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 humans inside of his mosque um and there's a a, a quite an interesting scene where um all these people who who normally wouldn't have anything in common find themselves in the same lot and um it, it's quite something to see um I won't go into the full details, but uh, Amir gives a rather interesting speech about it, um, or piece of dialogue. And, um, anyways, then there's this jarring scene where where lockdown and discord burst into the mosque with all of their goons um, to arrest these people, um, which is a very evocative of this notion that, like um, in the real world, um, you know, ICE agents are not allowed to go into churches or mosques or synagogues to arrest people. Um, and um, they are trying to, in the real world, they're trying to change that rule. And it's become a real lightning rod. And so to see to have this scene where, where a mosque is being infiltrated by agents looking to apprehend aliens is, is quite stirring. Um, so a fight breaks out inside the mosque and uh miss marvel's there but she is just exhausted because she's been going 24 7 and and is running out of juice and she um she she just doesn't have anything more to give so she tries to sneak into this back room and um and discord chases after her and in the ensuing struggle she removes his mask and it's revealed that this is josh um now Josh is a, a, a cast member who's been uh, a part of Miss Marvel since the very first issue. He's this sort of uh, dumb jock who used to date Zoe. And he was a nicer person than, than initially led on. Um, and um, he was, uh, Bruno ended up getting severely injured trying to um, get Josh out of incarceration after during the Civil War II story right. arc because it was revealed that he was going to light a fire because he was so upset that, that Zoe had broken up with him and that fire would have ended up killing people. So they arrested him beforehand because Ulysses had predicted it um, and so on and so forth. And so it, it, it's quite surprising that, that, that Josh should, should, you know, turn heel and turn into such a bad guy. Um, and his attitude, interesting really. direction, though, after Civil War Two. Yeah, for real. <laughs> definitely interesting direction. Um, and um, you know, uh, without his mask, Josh's attitude changes quite 
quite suddenly and 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 he and and Miss Marvel end up just talking and he explains how it is that he ended up this way um you know he's just as alienated and confused as any teenager but he's you know he he has all this privilege he's a he's a handsome white male and everyone tells him that everything's going to be easy for him but it doesn't feel easy and it's just left him angry and um you know he locked down offered him the opportunity to act on this anger to to uh, take on the guise of discord and and be able to um to uh make things more the way he wants it um <laughs> total deck <laughs> now i have zero compassion for josh in this situation i mean life is tough it's tough for teenagers and adults. It's tough for people who are lucky and privileged, and it's tough for people who are not. But that's no excuse for putting on a ninja suit and engaging in some totalitarian campaign against anyone you see as different. I mean, Josh can piss off, okay? But Kamala... <laughs> Tell Kamala's us how you really a, feel, Doc. <laughs> she's, a, she's a gentler, more compassionate soul than I, or maybe a little bit more naive. She sympathizes with Josh, and she feels bad for the things he's been through, and she opts to do something rather rash. She removes her own mask and and revealing who she is and he and this is some you know Josh and Kamala they grew up together, and he's shocked to realize that that Miss Marvel is actually this girl he grew up with, and um it's the you know it's there the issue ends on a cliffhanger of, you know, what is he wow. going to do with his information? Um, and, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of, um, they're, they're kind of polarized. You know, they're the opposites of each other because Miss Marvel has kind of become a superhero after seeing, you know, Captain Marvel and all that kind of, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's, and, and she wants to do good because that's, you know, how do I put it? That's what she wants. That's what she wants from the world is just right. goodness, let's say. Yeah, and I, I guess here's, here's the flip side of that coin. He still wants the world in his image, or not in his image, but what he imagines uh, will be. make it easier for him. Yeah, and what will make it easier for him. I, I think it's kind of, it's showing that... Well, he thinks it the, should be, I should say. Yeah, yeah. So whilst it's... They've kind of got the same... Uh, perspective in terms of what they want to do, but they're just kind of the flip side of the coin, if you know what I mean. And it's yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of an interesting way to see it because it's 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 the fact that your opinions do matter, but it's just how you act on them. You know what I mean? And it's kind of that kind of moral, uh, that that kind of moral story, I suppose. Well, it's also Good. reflective about how difficult how how hard it has been for some people to adjust to the shifting demographics in the united states and abroad that um you know like you you read online about these these so-called uh science fiction fans who are all up in arms because the new star trek and the new star wars movies are all starring you know women and people of color and that there are very few sort of traditional role, you know, the, the sort of good looking white male leading the show that that's, that's happening less and less. I mean, there's still thousands of movies that star good looking white guys, but, um, 
you know, apparently anything other than 100% is unacceptable. And, um, you know, someone like Josh and someone like Becky St. Jude, these are both characters who 10, 15 years ago would have easily been, you know, heroes. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, if, if, if they decided to create a sidekick for Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been Kamala Khan. It would have been, you know, a redheaded, freckle-faced, cute girl like like uh, Becky, you know. And uh, but times have changed, and or I they think just would have attached like... Spider Woman to her because they have to obligatory. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people feel like they're being left out. Um, yeah, and... I think uh, that definitely reflects, you know, the current day. Yeah. political outlook in many places i mean it's kind of like if i had you know potentially if i'd been born 10 years later and i'd grown up through everything that's you know i say happened in this country you know i might have a potentially a completely different outlook in life you know i i could be <laughs> some right-wing neo-nazi i'm not just to make that clear <laughs> that's good to know not, definitely not um but it's kind of like, you know, it, it, it's all about upbringing and, and what you get told and what you kind of, 100%. what forms your opinions. It's, and it's, 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 I think Miss Marvel is one of those books where you look at it and on the surface, it's just a genuinely good story. But if you start digging slightly deeper, it's got quite a lot of meaning to it. And maybe that's just me picking, picking a lot out of it, but it definitely. Oh, no, I think you're have, absolutely right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's all about worldview and, and. You know, I, I, I saw an interesting thing on Facebook, which is basically about uh, that they brought out a, a Miss Marvel Kamala Khan uh, Halloween costume. Oh, I think oh, that, I heard it about is, that it's yeah. adorable, by the way. It's it, it is. It is great. It's, it's great. I, Spot I think, on, I think, too. Yeah, it really is. But some of the comments on there were awful. And I mean, fucking I'm awful. I, I'm glad I didn't read it. those then. Yeah. Don't, don't read the comments because it's just kind of like, well, I mean... People will, but I mean, it's kind of like um, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you know, it's it's Marvel for um, what's it called, uh, sort of being politically correct and all that sort of stuff." And I'm thinking half no. of these people haven't even read the, half of these people haven't even read the stories because the stories are really frigging good, right? And it's like you know they're criticizing the story that they haven't read, and it's kind of like what, what? But yeah, wow, yeah. that's, that's uh, semi rant over as well, and. <laughs> Whereas I feel like, um, you know, G. Willa Wilson and, and uh, Marco Felia have approached these issues with a delicate hand. Um, uh, Spencer and company have kind of approached it with a bit of a jackhammer in Secret Empire. Jackhammer? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but... Uh, um, it's it's a great book and I'm gra- and it's it's although it's very intellectually stimulating for for adults it's still accessible for younger readers. I'm glad that my nieces and nephews are reading this book that it's I think it's going to help shape them into um, more mindful people, you know. It's just uh it's a it's top-notch stuff. It's yeah, fantastic. it really is. It's, it's definitely going to be one of the books that I I sort of suggest to to people to even just get into comics because yeah like you said yeah. it's just a really good book for outlooking on, on life and that kind of thing so 
Yeah. Um, speaking of good books, we also have the fifth issue of Secret Warriors, which entailed some seriously jaw-dropping res- revelations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of, I was reading that issue, and I was kind of like, wait, 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 back up a minute. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So... It's uh, okay. So the 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 last issue had ended on this terrible cliffhanger where the uh, Hydra helicarrier had crashed, and it looked as though Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur had perished. Um, and this issue begins with the Warriors being assisted by a few X Men, uh, sending through the wreckage, hoping to find Lunella. Although Daisy rather coolly states that they're probably looking for her body. Um, and the circular firing squad of guilt, you know, almost immediately ensues with Miss Marvel blaming Daisy for leaving Marvel Gr- Moon Girl behind and Daisy blaming them all for failing to realize this is war and war is never without casualties and whatever. And the whole griping is interrupted when Karnak discovers a devil dinosaur had indeed survived the crash. He'd been put in this vibranium cage and that helped to absorb the brunt of the impact. Um, and once they release Devil Dinosaur, he tries to communicate something. Now, as you know, Moon Girl's inhuman powers entails the ability to switch consciousness with Devil Dinosaur. And it quickly becomes apparent that that has actually happened. He's That she's in his body, he's in hers, which means she must have survived as well. And she... Uh, uses Devil Dinosaur's big useless clawed hand to uh, to trace out the uh, in the dirt the effigy of uh, the main tower at New Adelan, and they all rightfully conclude that Lunella's body with <laughs> Devil Dinosaur's brain is being held at the prison that's been made out of New Adelan back in New York. So they all. All right, we need to stop right there for a minute. Time out. Okay. Yeah. Because can you just imagine a little girl in New Adelan just acting like a dinosaur? Because that's kind of <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but then, but then again, as, as the um, as the as the scene sort of progresses, you do kind of see the the fact that Moon Girl was actually in a little teeny tiny cage. Yes, she was. So, she was caged. <laughs> but I imagine it's like a like a small feral cat or something like that. Like... I don't know. I just I just was thinking about that. Like that's actually kind of funny. She was probably giving them hell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, continue, Doc. <laughs> uh, you're right. She was in a cage. Anyways, uh, uh, so they 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 make it back. They 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 jump into a truck or something and and make it back to uh to new york which gives them ample time for uh for inferno and daisy to continue flirting with one another and for karnak and miss marvel to have a very stimulating conversation about all the diseases that humans can get that inhumans can't get she (laughs) clearly did not enjoy her time with him um now i get i haven't again i'm behind on Secret Empire, but it looks as though the um, the Dark Force Energy Dome that had kept that had uh, kept Manhattan uh, sequestered off has has gone away um, because they're able to get back to New York, uh, uh, jump a ferry boat, and take that to um, across the Hudson to New Adelan. Well, um, New Adelan's in the Hudson, so it wasn't in the. I don't think it was in the actual Dark Force Dome. Okay, well, I just didn't see the dome there, so... No, it did come down. Spoilers. 
spoilers. Okay. I, say, I, I haven't read Secret Empire since about issue six. I've, I'm so behind yeah, on everything. It just came down stuff, this, so. this episode, um, this past issue. It came down. Um, so right. spoilers, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, right. So they um, they sneak into the prison on New Adelan where they find Miss um, Marvel. Um, I mean, not Miss Marvel, Moon Girl. Lunella. She's in a little cage um, playing Connect Four with a little boy named Lear, who was introduced in the last issue. This this little kid with red hair and freckles. He kind of looks like uh, um, Kid Kaiju, actually, a little bit. Yeah, I suppose. Um, He's just a little guy. uh, And I'm real. I mean, he's brave enough to play Lunella in Connect Four, which is. So, (laughs) anyways. <laughs> and finally, like, hey, we found Lear, and and Lear says to uh, to um, to to Karnak, "Hi, Dad." Jaw <laughs> dropping like, incident yeah, number one. Yeah. I was like, "What? <laughs> Wait, how did I miss it, that?" It is revealed I mean, that Lear is Karnak's son. When and when did Karnak do the dirty? I mean, that's the biggest question. <laughs> that's what I want to know too, because. I don't know, figuring how Karnak <laughs> is and all his training, he wouldn't care unless he felt he was doing his duty to New Adelan, I guess, or just the go inhumans down by procreating, so who knows? I just would not expect oh, Karnak... New right? I would not expect uh, Karnak to procreate, but there we go. Well, I mean, Lear is at least six, so... so it would have been before. Um, this is, he was clearly sired well before Karnak's, uh, suicide and, and subsequent resurrection. And he kind of became much more, uh, of a grim sort after that. I mean, he was never a fun guy to hang out with, but he was a little looser beforehand. Um, you know, back in, 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 was it by right of birth, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he talks about, um, I've forgotten her name. Lynxie. Uh, Minxie, that's it, yeah. yeah, he's, oh, yeah. He's, he was totally crushing on Minxie and kind of heartbroken when she chose uh, Gorgon right. over I him. about that. But, um, yeah, so Karnak has a kid. Um, and, you know, he's off, of course, a, a terrible father. Um, <laughs> continuing, the in- <laughs> continuing the tradition of the inhuman royal family being terrible parents. Okay. Right. <laughs> So it's it's uh, uh, it's gradually revealed that um, that uh, um, Lear is Karnak's son, but he was never exposed to the Terrigen Cloud and was never uh, able to go through Terrigenesis. Um, and in order to um, well, he, he to have his inhuman gifts actualized. Um, uh, Karnak handed him over to Mister Sinister because giving your <laughs> right, giving your kid to supervillains is kind of a tradition in the uh, <laughs> in the amongst the royal family. You know, we Except, got Kang. We got. Well, I guess Luna kind of escaped that, so at least. No, no. There's an actual scene where 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 Magneto asks the whole, oh right. The whole Right, Luna right. And, and Crystal hands are right on over. So right, we got, we got Magneto, <laughs> Kang, and Mister Sinister. So I mean, what's next, Doctor Doom? Um, well, well uh, look at Mungo for that one. I guess so. <laughs> um, Jesus, but 
Mr. Sinister and the Dark Beast somehow succeeded in this, and Lear was able to gain his inhuman powers, which consists of the ability to uh, create this light that anyone in his vicinity has their own inhuman powers, you know, substantially augmented. Kind of like a sky sphere? Period of time. That's kind of like a sky sphere. So that's that's exactly what I was going to bring up. I, I didn't want to kind of I don't want to interrupt you too badly, but um, so you know that little bit the little text bubble that he he spoke. Has anybody looked to see if they're the same symbols as on the sky spears from that one issue of All New Inhumans? It, it's not. It's it's ah. uh, it's it's um, Tian or Tillin, which is the. Uh, a language of Adelan, and it's the same kind of rune-style writing that you see um, in uh, Royals number three when okay. old, old Maximus is looking up at his uh, little tableau that he's seen. Now, um, it's, it's possible and mistaken, um, but um, my understanding was that he said something to him in... Keep talking, in, and I'll let you know. <laughs> okay keep it Looking rolling doc. keep right. it rolling <laughs> uh it's possible that 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 karnak knows something about the sky spheres but anyways his his ability is to boost other people's powers i think there's another there's a mutant character who has the same ability um i'm not sure i i don't know um probably, probably going back a little way there to be honest right anyway so um they have a decision now um, what Daisy wants to do is for Lear to hold off to somehow smuggle themselves into Hydra Capital and for Lear to give her the power boost then and she can use that to kill Captain America who's in charge of Hydra but they're also in the midst of this prison where all of their all these humans and all of their kin are being held shouldn't they use their pa- that power now to help you know engendered a jailbreak and um uh daisy's kind of outvoted um uh, karnak asks what moon girl what she thinks she should do and she basically says if we can help if we can help people now then we should karnak agrees and he has his son using this power and the secret warriors are all given substantial power boosts um a tremendous battle ensues where a bunch of where where they attack all of the prison guards that are holding the inhuman prison prisoner blah 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 um it's pretty rough battle that <clears throat> looks like they're going to lose but then the tide turns when the avengers show up um I mean, that was a good bit yeah good. all right i mean these are not avengers i recognize it looks like uh we got hawkeye and Oh, it's Hawkeye, the Falcon, Falcon and and um, the new and, giant man. Yeah, the new giant man. That's it. It looks like maybe Wonder Man. I don't know. Um, but it turns the tide, and the uh, the hi- the forces of Hydra are defeated. Um, and Daisy goes running after Mister Hyde. She's like, she's not going to let him get away, but he does, and he gets and he captures her, and um, they fly off with her teammates in pursuit. Now, while they're inside this, his little spaceship or aircraft, he's like, we should team up, you know. You've always been a mercenary, whether you're working for 
Nick Fury or, or S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, why not be a mercenary with me? We'll take down Captain America, and when the new government comes back into, uh, into is restored, they can make a, a fortune tracking down criminals. And it looks as though um, Daisy's actually considering this proposal, especially when he reveals that her close friend Phil Coulson has been murdered, and he can give her the opportunity to avenge his death. Now, meanwhile, the warriors catch up, and they're able to... Uh, to to uh, knock down the airplane um, and um, Hyde uh, comes out. He's surrounded, but he says that his daughter is going to come with him willingly. And they all look at her like what? But then she reveals that she's just uh, she, it was just a ploy and that she was um, you know just waiting for her teammates to intercede. And she pops him with a one of her seismic blasts. Um. Another fight ensues. It looks like Mr. Hyde is going to to break Daisy's neck, but then Karnak jumps in and he delivers this bevy of flaw-finding kung fu chops, and it's this awesome scene. And he's it leaves uh, Mr. Hyde completely paralyzed. Um, now, the gay everything they've won, but. Um, it, they've finally kind of given got got a chance to catch that breath, and all realize that they've been kind of lying to each other. That that um, that Karnak had tricked Daisy into uh, finding Lear, and that Daisy had kind of tricked everyone into doing what she wants. And there's really no more reason for the warriors to stick together, and they all kind of walk their separate ways. Uh, Miss Marvel's like, "I've had it with you guys. I'm out of here." And 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 Inferno follows behind. He's he takes Lear with him. Like, "Hey, come on, kid. I got some." people you can stay with for a while and moon girl walks away as well and kind of leaving daisy and karnak glaring at each other um <laughs> daggers out of each other's eyes um <laughs> and then we get uh, a flashback scene as sort of a postscript where we see um karnak and Lear at the tower of wisdom where 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 karnak gives Lear to mr sinister um it seems that mr sinister wants to learn more about the inhuman genome and in exchange he will um find a way of uh of uh, uh triggering leers and human powers um wow uh wow. <laughs> that's yeah that ends with a lot of questions yeah. put it that yeah. way i mean is, is, did mr sinister actually like synthesize terrigen ter- uh, i mean i don't know, you know you know, th- th- there was a lot of like, uh, I think there's a lot of talk about them experimenting on Leah. Yes. Yeah. Or, uh, well, and, if and you see bit, in the artwork, Leah's wrapped in a lot of bandages around his chest and his upper arms. So. Yeah. Well, although um, he's he's got those same bandages when, when before he's given to sure. Mister Sinister. I think he's just kind of mimicking his dad's wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Mister um, Sinister will be a villain. The Secret Warriors will fight in future issues. He's been featured on the cover. I think he's going to go after um, Dante's niece or nephew um, next. Um, and what, I mean, the the Warriors are going to need a reason to stick together because the, the any reason they had for being a team has been completely dissipated. Um, yeah. And um, I don't know what's going to happen um but what a wild issue yeah um Um, yeah generally really good 
first and foremost, I want to talk about how great um, Javier Garan's illustration has been. He has just um, produced some fantastic work. Um, uh, <laughs> My these, favorite was how he, how he crammed Devil Dinosaur in the trailer. Yes. <laughs> and it was like a frozen food truck, so that was even funnier. <laughs> Yeah, he he, uh, he he deserves a lot of credit for for. I mean, he's got to pack a lot of characters into each panel, and, and he still manages to give everyone just these perfect facial expressions that act as wonderful punchlines to all the jokes. And, and so um, much, so much action! It's like insane. And and big props to colorist uh, Israel Silva because he um, he does great work color, uh, with a dynamic color palette that really bring that really pops uh, uh, Garan's pencil work um, to life. Um, great, yeah, it's definitely great definitely best looking comment. Uh, well, other than Black Bolt and uh, potentially once once in Future Kings, oh my it's God, probably once in Future Kings. Yeah, I'd say oh, it's. it's no. I, I think. All of the Inhumans books have got really good artists on. We are we are genuinely really lucky. We are very spoiled right now, and I'm not going to complain about it. Um, I like when you have a colorist and a artist that mesh together. Hopefully, yeah. Marvel will keep um, the two of them together because they are quite a duo. So I think they need to, to stay as a team. Um, yeah. So hopefully that happens. Um, also, going back to your fonts about the uh, the Sky Spears and and Tillin, um, they mm. are similar looking, but they are definitely very different. So, okay, <laughs> similar looking but very different. That's, yeah, that's like a, the the, the Tillin. Well, the Tillin is more blocky, whereas the stuff written on the Sky Spears, while looks runic like the Tillin does, it's more curvy. Okay, yeah. So I imagine the one on Sky Spears is Cree. Uh, well, it's, it's, really. it's progenitor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that's um, probably what it's going to be. Um, it, you know, there hasn't you... been enough uh, incidences of of, of Tillin being written out to discern any kind of alphabet. I mean, yeah, it, it, like you know the way that like some Trekkies have been able to to actually <sighs> um, decipher Klingon. Um, yeah, it's like people who uh, who follow Doctor Who and they think that uh, they think they've worked at Gallifrey and or even even the Elvish and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, the Elvish and Lord of the Rings was probably much better done because J.R. Tolkien did it. Yeah, J.R. is J.R. Yeah. Two R's. Um, yeah, two R's. He because he I'm pretty sure he actually did an alphabet for it. So yeah, yeah. He was, so we don't, he was we don't know enough about. We haven't seen enough. Of, I mean, and, and I'm not the guy to do it. I can't do ciphers for shit. But um, uh, maybe one day we'll. I mean, it, we have no idea whether or not. Um, who did the Who did the lettering for this issue? If If he just made up runes, or or if this yeah. actually follows some legitimate, um, you know, cipher. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Anyways, we can ask the letterist. Let me find out who it was. Um, <laughs> Preparedness. We've got it. Or it could have been. It, it, it was Clayton Cowles, who's been oh. on a lot. He did um, all new Inhumans too. So, um, oh, okay, we'll just have to tweet yes. him about that. Yeah, get him on the we'll show. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, uh, it's a good a good issue. Lots of lots of questions and. All my questions are about who is 
Lear's mom. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much the first thing that came to mind when I read the book. It was kind of like, really? <laughs> really, Zeran? Really? <laughs> what did she say? Nothing. Spider Woman. Spider Woman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have to avoid well, it before you get in there, guys. I'm out. I'm out. No. Lear, I'm has, Lear has red hair, which is a recessive gene, so chances are pretty good that his mom is a fellow... Um, Ginger. Um, Thanks for that, Doc. Neither of my parents are black. Neither of my parents are ginger. Same with my cousin. I have a cousin um, who's got red hair, and neither of his parents have red hair. Am, am, am I adopted? Yes. Um, well, I, I said chances. It's not a hundred percent thing. It, like I say, it's a recessive gene, so it's a. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be in. Yes, <laughs> yes, Adam, you are adopted. <laughs> so, episode time, episode twenty-four. Is Adam adopted? Question mark. <laughs> Your father is oh, Karnak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Karnak ever had hair? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm sure Karnak oh, just sorry. keeps his head shaved anyway. Exactly. Oh, God. So he, well, I mean, <laughs> can we Why move on Mr. now, please? Sinister? That's what so, I want to know. Why him? Why him? Well, because he's. Bad guy. He's done a lot of he's done a lot of like gene manipulation and that sort of stuff in the past, hasn't he? Yeah. He has, and there's some indication that much of what he learned about genes was derived from Fadar, who was a uh, renegade in human uh, geneticist, oh. who um, also um, gave the information about genes to the dude who ended up becoming the high evolutionary. Um, so Mr. Sinister has been interested in the inhuman genome for a long time. See, that's, Um, that's quite clever because that's some, that's some deep cuts there. uh, Matt Rosenberg is making. That's pretty awesome. Because I mean, you could, you could go back to um, uncanny Avengers and when the, the high evolutionary was uh, telling Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver that their father wasn't actually Magneto and he created them. Yeah, so, I, don't like, I don't like that at all. I I don't, but I mean, talking about if you go back to sort of retconning it, could they be potentially partial in humans? Boy, that's gonna, that's, I mean, yeah, talk about things that'll make people angry. That um, that would piss a lot of people off. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> wow. In my in my mind, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are and will always be mutants, um, and yeah. uh, I hope that they. They changed that retcon sometime in the near future because it created this wonderful tether that combined all these books and all these franchises together from the Fantastic Four to the Avengers to the X-Men to the Inhumans. And um, it really, I don't know why they did that. I'm sure it was some sort of uh, movie the eye to, the, to Fox Studios. but I th- Yeah, I think it was uh, because uh, Age of Ultron yeah. came yeah. out a year later or so. And Rick, Rick Remender is no longer working at Marvel, so no one has to worry about undoing any of his work. <laughs> I feel like it's to stop it, stop it. Enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think movie rights are a complicated business, though. To be fair, and I, no yeah. Someone was asking me about the the Runaways and that the idea that that Molly Hayes, who is a mutant in the comic book, will be an Inhuman in the TV show. Um, and I don't know if that's true. But if it is, it's going to just reignite all of that. I, I thought the Runaways was going to be like um, a separate entity, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Well, I, you could be right. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> we, we have gone on a massive uh, Yeah, tangent. let's go no, back. <laughs> but, uh, no, but it's interesting how it all ties together. So, you know, it's all connected yeah, and all yeah. that. So, um, moving on, Black Bolt number four. What a fantastic oh, another, another issue. issue. Oh, that was so good. We got I, a, I love this creative team. Yes, they need to stay together forever um, because they're amazing. Um, yeah, issue 50 Black Bolt in three, three years' time. Right, <laughs> hopefully. So, wait. So, you want to give us the rundown, Doc? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I could try, right. but I just don't do it justice like you do. <laughs> right, so um, in the following issue, uh, there was a jailbreak where Black Bolt and his new allies had, had made an effort to free themselves from this bizarre cosmic prison they've been confined in. And it turns out that um, they failed. Um, it, it, it looked like they had killed the jailer, but it turned out that what they had actually destroyed was this kind of avatar that um, that the jailer, the real jailer, moved like a puppet. And what the real jailer is is this sort of macabre collection of organs and brains and eyeballs and jars that 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 somehow Freaking works creepy. in concert to yeah. exert this incredible level of telepathic power. And um, it defeats them just instantly. And um, the story starts off with Black Bolt and Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man. They're they're bound uh, in chains back to back in a chamber in which um, the air and oxygen the oxygen is being sucked out. Um, the, uh, it's clear that the jailer is looking to kill them for good. Um, and um, Black Bolt tries to escape, but he has once again been uh, had his has had his powers removed, <clears throat> and he's just not strong enough to break the chains. And he's telling um, Crusher to you know stop yammering because he's sucking up all the oxygen by talking. Um, and Crusher's like, "Look, we're gonna die. Don't 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 make me die in silence." And Black Bolt's like, "All right, fine. You know, Black yeah, I Bolt think." He's lived this whole life and quietly, so why not? And they just they just have a really kind of deep conversation. They really do. And it's it's it, it, even though it's like a, it is literally just a conversation, almost like three quarter, you know three quarters of the book is just this one conversation talking about life. And uh, it's genuinely it's, it's really good. It's not slow at all. It's not slow paced. It's not. Oh, it's um, absolutely engrossing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's basically Crusher Creel's backstory. Um, with you know moments where Black Bolt intercedes and asks questions, but it's this is the secret history of the Absorbing Man, yeah. and you would never in a million I would never in a million years imagine that his backdoor would be interesting, but it's actually quite fascinating. Um, he tells his life story. Uh, he, he when he was a kid, he had this wonderful mom who told him that he could be anything he wanted despite his modest upbringings, and she was terrific. But then she died. Um, uh, leaving, leaving, uh, young Crusher. We don't really know what his real name is. Young Crusher in the care of an abusive father who um, would beat him until he got big enough, strong enough to uh, to fight back. At which point, uh, he was kicked out of the house and was and was left homeless. Um, he ran with a tough crowd, um, did a little breaking and entering stuff like that. But then. 
he learned that um, he also was a quite a natural boxer and he was able to kind of um, uh, use all the, the learning how to fight and learning how to take a punch that his, that his dad had subjected him to, to be a really good professional fighter. Not only that, he was so scary looking in appearance that, you know, he was, he'd, he'd already won the fight before the first bell even rang because his opponents were too scared to go near him. Um, now, uh, his, his, uh, his being such a good fighter and his being so, um, uh, intimidating in appearance quickly got him the attention of the local crime organized element whatnot. This was one run by the owl who's uh, the foe from the pages of Daredevil. And the yeah. owl recruited Crusher as an enforcer, you know, breaking arms and, and noses to maintain the mob's various protection rackets. And uh, Crusher said he kind of liked it. I mean, it was uh, uh, it, it gave him a sense of power. He knew what he was doing was wrong, but he didn't really care. Uh, he liked having a sense of power. He liked people being afraid of him. Um, it made him feel like you know he was in control of things after such a, a tough childhood in which he was abused and all that he, he he finally was able to feel um like he had agency but it wasn't long until he got arrested and he went to jail and um he had a real hard time in jail um and it was there that he was visited by loki the north the Norse god of mischief. You know, it's like Loki shows up. Uh, Loki um, was really just looking for a, a new means to further bedevil his hated brother Thor, and he offered Crusher this magical formula that would allow his body to take on the atomic properties of any substance he touched, which would tremendously enhance his strength and durability and com his abilities as a combatant, and uh, he dubbed himself the Absorbing Man, which is a ridiculous name, but <laughs> what can you do? And uh, was sent to fight Thor. And this all occurred way back in the Silver Age, uh, back when uh, Lee and Curry were doing Thor. I love um, all the deep cuts in this series. It's so Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Absorbing Man, uh, he beat Thor, but then Thor beat him back, and, and so on and so forth. And Thus began a long and storied career as a supervillain, um, fighting costume heroes, uh, get you know beating folks down, getting beat down himself. He spent more time behind bars than he did as a free man. But he, was, he did learn how to cook, though. Oh, hey, he learned how to cook yeah. um, in in prison and enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but then his life changed again uh, during the first. Uh, secret war, secret war, secret wars. Yeah. Uh, when he and a number of heroes and villains were all whisked off the battle world to duke it out for the Beyonder's amusement, and it was then that he that he encountered the love of his life, Titana, uh, Titania. Titania, yeah, I think. Titania, yeah. Ti oh, Titania. Titania. Well, her name is Mary, but no one calls her that. Um, you want to die, <laughs> right? <laughs> It was love at first sight. She was a total badass, and he's a total badass, and she, you know, and the two of them just got it on like... Peanut butter just, and jelly. Peanut butter like and jelly. Like Karnak, an unnamed woman, one. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, actually, they, they thought about having a family, but, but it didn't work out, and... Um, 
but they really they really loved each other um and you know it's interesting because you know he crusher he's he's this tough guy but he he talks about how much he loves this woman with you know he's totally open about it he's totally at ease about expressing his vulnerabilities and it kind of acts as a very interesting foil to black bolt who's always been so um tight-lipped and well, uh by yeah, necessity. I, I <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he he hasn't really had a chance to do stuff like that to say stuff like that. So, well, it's not just that <laughs> what he says. I think that he's a he he's been he's a withholding customer to begin with. You know, he well, yeah, I mean, yeah. across the board. I mean, I'm sure the fact that he can't talk has contributed to that. But um, he, he, you know, even in his abilities to communicate with with Medusa, I don't think he ever was as open and honest and and vulnerable as as crusher had managed to be with his lady love um and um we get this really interesting scene where where um black bolt talks about his own love and how um how he blew it with her that you know he 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 didn't he he left her in the dark about things and she kicked him to the curb and took up with the human torch and and uh and crusher feels like oh my god the human torch that's rough um but then he said you know but then afterwards it looked like maybe things were gonna get better and then he ended up here and um uh, and christian war provides this wonderful montage of yeah. of of uh, this this wonderful picture of medusa as uh, as sort of like manifest in his his memory um and um it seems as though crusher's openness in being able to talk about how much he loves um titana kind of encourages black bolt to be open in the same way um in a, in a fashion we've really never seen him do um in all previous stories um now Crusher, he's no noble soul or anything. He's a bad guy. He's done a lot of rotten things, but he owes up to it completely and unapologetically. Um, you know, he's hurt people, but he's not going to feel guilty about it because what's feeling guilty going to achieve? Right. Um, and it all it all kind of makes him this wonderful foil to Black Bolt. You know, Black Bolt, he is noble in his own way, heroic, but he's also super repressed and stoic and withholding. And his pursuit of fulfilling of what he sees as his duty has cost him everything. You know, it cost him his his son, it cost him his wife, and now it's cost him his freedom. Um, and uh, you know, whereas Crusher, he he doesn't brood over these things. He lets himself find satisfaction in the simple pleasures of life, like cooking or knocking over an armored car. Um, and uh, he has a kind of strength that is very foreign to Black Bolt. And it's a kind of strength that I think Black Bolt is going to need to develop if he's ever going to earn back all the things that he's lost. So even though this story is mostly about Crusher, this issue is mostly about Crusher, it is also setting up uh, a, an important part of Black Bolt's journey. Um, now, well, I don't need to go into that, but um, um, at the end of the issue, uh, just like just when it seems that everything is about to just be the end, um, 
Lockjaw makes his triumphant debut. He tele somehow the the teleporting pooches track down his master, and he arrive he arrives at the last moment for a rescue. And Black Bolt is just overjoyed to see him, and you know, and he's but you know he's Lockjaw. He's a dog. He's a dog, and he <laughs> doesn't whatever he does. He doesn't really know everything to know and he teleports him and Bla- he teleports Black Bolt and himself away to safety leaving Crusher behind and the issue ends with Crusher um, abandoned left all alone as all the light and air is fading and and his his fate is left unresolved and uh, as the issue reads to be continued um, and I, I, I the whole issue was just building up to that one moment I think and it was yep. just kind of Let's make Creel the most likable person in this issue, and then let's leave him there. Right? Yeah. Let's, exactly. let's be. Let's. Uh, God, he's like, us, like, us. right. It's like basically they build it up so they make Crusher this super relatable character because you you never, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to relate to a villain. I think, and they just made it so that you're like, oh, dude, man, you have a lot of sympathy for the guy, and yeah. and now that he's left there, and I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> now I yeah. hope he's not dead. Um, and, I think Black Bolt's gonna go back uh, and get him. Uh, See, I'm, I'm still wait. <laughs> I, I, I up until this issue, I was still of the opinion that it was kind of like a um, like a like a simulation type thing. But yeah, now I'm so sure. So, well, I mean, in the past, when the when the jailer has has quote-unquote killed his his uh, prisoners he he does it with electricity and they're sort of turned into skeletons but this is a more slow and seemingly you know legitimate death he's he's used he's got them in a room and he's sucking all the oxygen out of it i mean uh it, it seems like um if crusher is to die here it would be a real death um i don't think i i, I think that um um, uh, Ahmed likes Crusher so much and likes writing him so much that he's going to bring him back. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and I think Crusher's uh, been solicited in future issues anyway, so... So it's going to be kind of like Crusher Creel Black uh, Black Bolt Buddy Cop movie. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> I say, be surprised... I, I, movie, I mean comic. I wouldn't be surprised if the other members of the extended cast also get um, more of their backstory revealed because if you look at the um, Ahmed's novel, The Throne of the Crescent Moon, um, creating um, you know a, a real back, you know, a vibrant backstory for the supporting cast is something that he excels at and clearly likes doing. And um, uh, you know, and and he's, I think he, you know, I, we've got all these kind of no names as the extended cast in Black Bolt. Uh, I mean, everyone knows that. I mean, most. Marvel fans know who the Absorbing Man is, but we'll never expect him to be a lead character. Right. Um, but I think him and Rava, the Scroll Lady, and Blinky for sure, and maybe even Metal Master will get their stories um, enhanced as well. I think that that um, although this is a solo book, it's got a very team book feel to it. Um, but you know, whatever. Hats off to to Ahmed on this one because never in a million years would I have conceived would I think that you know let's put Black Bolt and the Zorbing Man together right but, <laughs> and it's yeah. uh, this odd couple of a team up works just so 
perfectly um and and all the very and, and they had there's some seriously funny bits and it this is mm-hmm. one thing where he's like uh crusher talking how much he enjoyed working on cars and he asked if if, if black bolt ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. cars and he's like no I, I don't have cars we have flying sleds and he's like well what do you do when when those things break down, he says, well, I also have a teleporting dog. And he's like, all right, you know what? Forget I asked. You know, it's just, okay. Well, and, and what I love so about good. that, yeah, I love the look on Black Bolt's face when he talks about the teleporting dog. So I don't know if, you know, if there's just like this look like, hey. I don't know. The look on she'll, Black Bolt's face is kind of um, funny. I like I, it. I really want, like, the first issue of the next arc, just, uh, just Black Bolt with a frying pan and just frying break an egg. egg into it. Yeah, just frying an egg. That would be so good. Well, as we know, the next issue will finally tell us whether or not, you know, the truth about about Lockjaw's no. background. No. I, I, oh, really? I, whatever it says, I'll still, I'll still den- if, it, if it's not what I want it to be, I'll deny it. Whatever. I'm still going to fight that verdict. That's the spirit. Yeah. Deny reality. Nothing it's gotten me so that. far in life, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Once in Future Kings number one. Oh my god, what a great book. Such a pretty book. Such oh, a good story. It's Just Phil oh. Noto's fault. I blame Phil Noto for me getting into comics. And the fact that he's now on an Inhumans book has made me so, so happy. His Black Widow was absolutely beautiful. And to see him on Inhumans, oh my god, my like my life is made right now. I love that's, it. That's exactly how I feel about Blackfoot and Christian Ward. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's exactly how I feel. I just if it, Phil Noto's name is on it, chances are I'm going to buy it, regardless. <laughs> Hang on, let me just get my bit of paper and just write his name on it and then send you it. <laughs> hard, hard. Um well <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic book, um, and I can't wait for the next issue. Um, it's uh, it's Christopher Priest and Phil Noto, and they join forces to bring us this just this amazing story that kind of bring you know brings together the things that make not only the humans wonderful, but but comics great. I mean, this is just a top. Bottom soup to nuts, great comic. Uh, the, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I was just about to yeah. say. I mean, it's stated as being like um, almost like a secret, uh, secret origin. But in my opinion, it's not really a secret origin. It's just a continuation of the origin story. Well, there's a good deal of retcon that goes on here. But well, you know, it's it's yeah, not yeah, to we'll get too about upset it. about. Um, um, the tale takes part takes part in the past. Um, yeah, right after the death, uh, deaths of King Aegon and his queen Rinda, uh, so the the Black Bolt and Maximus have been orphaned, and um, a, an inhuman known as the Living Terrigen has stepped in to fill the role of stewardship ruler of Adeline until the boys are of age to take one of them to take the throne, um, and um, now. The living Terrigen ultimately becomes the villain we all know as the Unspoken. Um, yeah, and so, that's that's what I was about to ask actually because I was a little bit confused. But yep. yeah, he's yeah. not the Unspoken yet, but um, they didn't be. give him. A, he will be. 
Um, but he gets just as cumbersome a name as <laughs> the living Terrigen. Uh, anyway, so the begin the story begins on the shores of Iceland, where Adeline used to be located, um, and they've built a big monument. Um, or the Alpha Primitives have built a big monument uh, uh, in honor of the fallen king Aegon, and um, uh, um, Maximus Blackbolt and the Living Terragon have come to see it, and um, neither boy, neither of the two brothers are are very interested in the monument. They they have other things on their mind. Maximus is, is going on about this girl that he just wants so amazing. He's he's talking about Medusa um, that he's absolutely in love with. And Blackgar, Blackgar, um, <laughs> he's more he's more interested in, in the fact that that there's that they're slaves that are building this monument. They're being whipped and they're in trouble. And he's like, look, this is not cool. And um, he's uh, uh, he's able to he, he can't talk but he's able to communicate through through uh maximus. through maximus they have kind of a psychic rapport that allows maximus to relay what um blackgar is thinking and black bolt? and uh, black bolt black guy whatever black guy um <laughs> white black guy um uh, you wow. know, he he says that uh, that uh, he, he expresses his moral qualms over the Alpha Primitives, and the Living Terrigen is like, no, they're not slaves. Slavery is is terrible. They're just inferior beings who do our bidding. It's, you know, so slaves. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Now, before they can discuss the matter any further, uh, they are suddenly attacked, and these uh, these arrows with inhibitor modules on them strike them, uh, nullifying their powers. And it's actually the, uh, the alpha primitives who are um, who are uh, attacking. Uh, attacking. Um, they're being led by uh, this large uh, alpha named Dakamas, who um, is is leading a revolt. Um, Maximus stays behind to try and defend uh, the, um, the living Terrigen who's been struck by an arrow, and, and Black, Blackbolt runs off, seeing if he can outrun the range of these power dampeners. Um, and just when it looks like Maximus is about to be to fall, he's out, outmatched. Uh, Black, Blackbolt has made it to a cliffside just outside of the range of the dampeners, and he, he yells, Enough! And this big sonic boom disperses all the maradifas, and it destroys the sculpture. And but you know, it saves uh, his brother and the uh, living Terrigen. And now Maximus uh, stabs uh, um, Dakamas uh, with a spear. And he's like, "Look, I saved your life." Um, and uh, but the living Terrigen is like, "Yes, well, actually, it was." Black Bolt who saved me, and you see the the first seeds of uh, kind of uh, sibling bit, rivalry yeah. really start to uh, to emerge between the two. Now, Black Bolt and Maximus they've they've saved their stewardship king, but it will soon become evident that this was a mistake, and they will pay dearly for it. Um, the living Terrigen he's uh, and he's initially thankful for being rescued. Um, but later on, he's, he's in a, he's like, there's no way that the Alpha Primitives could have orchestrated such a sophisticated attack. This must have been done by someone, um, by an inhuman. Perhaps, perhaps it was even 
conducted by by the by the brothers um and he he sees this as an opportunity to possibly um uh maintain his kingship to 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 dispose of black bolt and maximus and he he has um his little servant cadlec also known as the seeker uh he says he says her send send for medusa bring her to me i'm going to i'm going to use her to get <clears throat> Now uh, the scene switches to uh, um, the uh, the residence of House Amaquen- Amaquelin. Amaquelin? Uh, uh, Amaqu- yeah, Amaquelin. Um, I don't yeah, know. we'll go. Either one of those is fine. Medusa's house. <laughs> where 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 Medusa and her mother Amber and her sister Crystal are all, and Medusa is just pitching a fit. Yeah, and this is a much more wild and feisty version of, of Medusa than we've seen in the past. And, and she's I like, I don't want to... What's that? I love it. I love seeing Medusa yeah. this way. This is, this is a Medusa I like. I don't, I don't, I never was a fan of her, yeah. but this, this is far more, I don't know, I like That's her this it. way. Yeah, she's, she's a the, yeah. firebrand. And she's like, I don't want to go see the king. He's a schemer and an opportunist. And, Tell us and, how uh, you really uh, feel. Yeah, and it, Ooh, uh, round screw round. him. And and but her mom's like, look, you're he's the king, and our lives are in his hand. And if he asks you to to come, you come, and um and you're gonna you're gonna put on your nice clothes and you're gonna go see him, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, now uh, we Crystal fans don't get much out of this issue, no. but she is there she's and she there. looks really cute. And she's young. Um, I was gonna say, I mean, Noto seems yeah. to be a fan of the uh, two circles for Crystal's hair rather than the one. That's true. Awesome. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, uh, and um, and so she's going to go. Then the scene switches again uh, to the catacombs beneath the city, where a group of alpha primitives are sitting in vigil for their brothers who have been who have died during the failed coup. And, Kumbaya. Sorry, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they were Black, still singing that. Black Sorry. Bolt and Maximus. Uh, Black Bolt has dragged Maximus there. He he feels guilt and remorse over the alphas who had died. Uh, you know, Maximus disagrees. He's like, "You didn't do anything wrong," but but Black Bolt felt that he 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 he's responsible, and he sits alongside the alphas, um, kind of sits shiva with them, uh, mourning for those who had died. Now they're pulled aside by a very mysterious character, a, 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 an alpha primitive who goes by the name uh, Elijah. Is now, he an alpha primitive though? Because he doesn't look like one. He's wearing a hat. He like dresses like a regular dude. I think he is an alpha primitive, but um, I guess we will find out. Who? Well, he said that he used to scrub their floors. That he was he was a slave um, before he took on the new name of elisha um so but he's certainly much different than the others he's he's worldly he wears earphones and he dresses like someone from the human world i i believe that uh, elisha is an alpha primitive because he or says no was one no one got it reversed oh entirely possible but he's still super strong because he can carry a pupper's uh lockjaw with no problem yeah because um, that's a one, an adorable lockjaw. And two, that's a very heavy puppy. <laughs> he, he, he tells the brothers that it was actually him who had orchestrated the uh, attempted assassination of the living Terrigen and that they've screwed it up. You know, 
the he sees the ter- the living Terrigen as a terrible god, a terrible king, and that that um that it would have been much better had um uh had 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 he succeeded, and now um now the Terrigen is going to find some way of 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 pinning all of this on the brothers and keeping the throne for himself. Elsewhere, oh, and and, and, and the, you're right. The ter- living Terrigen shows up himself to sit vigil as well, uh, thus, you know, further uh, exonerating any guilt um, and showing that he's cool with the office as well. And 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 um, Elisha uh, points out this is this is another component to the plot that the Terrigen. Uh, living Terrigen has to try and and, and get this all to be um, someone else's fault. Blah blah blah. Anyways, right. The scene switches again. The game's to, afoot. Right. The game is afoot. <laughs> I, uh, a game of thrones. You might. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> later on, <laughs> later on, uh, the living Terrigen uh, has uh, and and Medusa um, uh, are, are are meet. And and the the he he shows off the slave engine, which is a machine left behind by the Cree uh, that uses uh, zero gen crystals to transform humans into devolved alpha primitives, uh, creating a force of mindless laborers to serve the Inhumans. Now Medusa appears to be just as disgusted by the slave engine as as Black Bolt was, but she wisely holds her holds her tongue. Although she does tip her hand a little bit by referring to it as a weapon, the living Terrigen he tells her that he's he's chosen to make young Medusa his queen, and then leaves her uh, to deal with this with with Kedlak. Um, now she's pissed. She has she tells Kedlak that she has no interest in being consort to the vile king, and Kedlak is like he's got plans and schemes of his own. He reveals that he's had Medusa's home bugged, and possess and and produces a recording of Medusa speaking in a treasonous fashion, and he says, you know, I'm going to use this to uh, to pin to make her look responsible for the attempted assassination, but. He'll dispose of the recording if Medusa were to choose him as a mate. And uh, Keldak punctuates his lecherous proposition by groping Medusa's rear end. And it's just game on because Medusa grabs (laughs) her hair, just whips forth, and he grabs his joker and slams him against the wall. He's like, yeah, later for you, dick. And as she's... It was great. Right, yeah, she just... Yeah, note to self here. Do not grab Medusa's butt, you will get your ass just, kicked. Just don't don't, don't grab Medusa. any woman's butt. Oh, you're back. Without yeah. consent. Yeah, exactly. Or you'll right. get your ass kicked. <laughs> just, just thought I'd get that in there. Right. You know, good point. Um, now she turns heel to walk out, and Keldak shouts after the guard, sees her, you know, all this stuff. And she grabs the guards, like, I, no one's seizing me. But it's not the guards, it's actually her cousins. It's, it's Maximus and Blackbolt who have come to rescue her. And she's like, what have you guys got me into? And then uh, Alicia shows up, and he's brought with him Puppy Lockjaw, which is the cutest thing I've ever yes, seen. Yes. yes, it is. <laughs> oh and he's like, God. look, we're going to have to deal with this later, fellas. we got to get out of here. Um, and he has I'm them all. to take the puppy. Yeah, they have. He has them all touch, hand, grab hands, and somehow he 
is able to order Lockjaw to teleport them away, and they end up showing up in the middle of Times Square, Manhattan. And that's where the book uh, concludes uh, on See, a cliffhanger. Maximus, if you hadn't mentioned Medusa at the start, never would happen. Yep. It's all Maximus's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's all well, Maximus's so fault. Should we talk about the potential retcons in that book? Um, there are lots. Of because yeah. it seems like the, the the complicity in using alpha primitives is kind of changed somewhat i think it's become a bit more of a modern because i don't think black bolt really cared in, initially did he like well, when you look at when you look at the early days oh no 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 he he i mean he didn't he didn't say anything obviously but yeah uh, it wasn't until after um uh the creation of o- omega that that black bolt abolished slavery on um on adelan now the the slave engine itself is a retcon um, dating back to an issue of Mighty Avengers that uh, yeah. that Christoph Gage and, and Dan Slott wrote. Where Which I think it was the one where the unspoken was actually introduced, wasn't he? Yes, it was. Because yeah. be- before then, the the alpha primitives were actually the production of of, of clones created by a scientist named Avidar. And what he did is he took Cro-Magnum DNA and he, he created these clones that were meant to be like uh, drones, like mindless automatons. They weren't supposed to have any sentience. And Which it was you kind, you kind of see that in um, sort of the uh, 2000 and, or 2000 Inhumans story. Oh, right, the right. Jenkins so, one? Yeah, the Lee and Jenkins Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, it wasn't until you know, successive generations that, that, that these drones, uh, gained a sense of sentience. And, um, by then Adelan had grown so dependent on the labor that these robots had, had, uh, had provided for them that they couldn't, they had to basically repress their knowledge that they had become a slave state. And, um, the, all of the guilt and, and shame that, gradually built up somehow maximus was able to channel it and use it as an energy to fuel this giant robot named omega the ultimate alpha <clears throat> and the avengers came and helped them defeat this thing and afterwards um <clears throat> uh, uh crystal had successfully surmised that that what 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 had done that was that everyone was feeling so ashamed of being a slave state, and then there from there, uh, Black Bolt decreed that there will be no more slaves on Adelan, um, and he abolished slavery. Although he didn't do much care for the Alpha Primitive afterwards, it wasn't. Yeah, I was gonna say they haven't exactly. mentioned yeah. since no. you know however long ago. So, but that all gets kind of thrown out with the retcon that happened back in Mighty Avengers. 27 where yeah. it turns out that the alphas weren't created by avatar instead they were created by the slave engine that uses these zerogen crystals to devolve humans into in, into cavemen <laughs> or something yeah, like that basically yeah yeah um, and it's it's a weird one because it's kind of like i i honestly i don't think i'd ever actually heard of the slave engine before this well, issue was, i had to do a bit of reading up on it yeah it was an interesting retcon because subsequent writers kind of pretended it didn't happen yeah um, 
there's a, a really cool story that, that went down in the pages of um, Marvel Knights Fantastic Four where this young alpha primitive named Reno falls in love with Gorgon's daughter, Electo, and they have this sort of Rome, uh, Romeo and Juliet romance that Gorgon's like, no way, and everything like that. But um, in in that one, there's no mention of the slave engine, and it's and it, it, it's more in line with the original version where where there these are clones that had had evolved um, beyond their initial programming. Um, so you kind of have to be like, well, what can you do? I mean, it's it's a retcon. Not all retcons are going to match up well. Um, I think from you know the story that Priest is telling. He's going to use the slave engine, so we're just going to have to deal with that. Um, yeah. I, I kind of think he's he's taking the the history of the uh, the unspoken and working that in because he's a relatively new character, so there isn't really an awful lot of backstory he can go by, I suppose. But well, it's, kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's a yeah. retcon of a retcon, essentially. So, <laughs> yeah. well, the story itself also doesn't line up with the events that took place in Rails Number Three. Um, there, uh, the uh, Queen King Aegon and Queen Rinda died when 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 Black Bolt was twenty and, and Maximus nineteen, which is clearly they're not that age in this book. Yeah, um, they look and, than that. and Maximus was, was driven mad, or um, depending on yeah. how he, uh, uh, gained future. It's kind of that could be an artwork like... thing, though. I mean, they might still be that that age, but they just were drawn looking older because yeah, that could be that could be an art style thing too it's, it's not really stated their ages but well, it, it is staged and it is stated in royals 3 that that occurred when when yeah yeah but i mean 19 in, in their ages aren't stated in this but yeah. they're friends they weren't friends in <laughs> after the after their parents death no in royals, in royals 3 in fact uh maximus was jailed for conspiring with the kree uh, um so that that you know it doesn't whatever it doesn't really link up but what can you do um, so i think it's i think it's going to be one of those ones where you kind of you have to have to have to bit of have to have a bit of headcanon in there to yes yeah almost always just tie it in together so i yeah yeah i mean i i like continuity but i'm all for um letting writers tell the story they want to tell yeah you know, yeah, yeah continuity yeah. be damned um, we can come up with some sort of no prize explanation. Maybe Maximus misremembered, uh, you know, the the events of his parents' death or how old he was or whatever, um, you know. And and, and the relationship. Keeping in between... mind that when we Royals number three was really Maximus narrating it anyway, and he's kind of an reliable narrator to begin with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> another, another, <laughs> another matter that was that also altered is the relationship between Medusa. And and Black Bolt because originally you know Medusa would go visit Black Bolt when he was in his isolation chamber and the two of them fell in love and whatnot. Um, and in this book, she's she can barely tolerate them. She's like, I wanted to I wanted to drown them when they were babies. I wonder I wonder if they're almost going to go. Um, I wonder if. Um, I wonder if they've had sort of kind of been privy to the TV show scripts because I wonder if they're trying to link things up a little bit better they might between be. the two mediums. 
Well, in terms of creating a, a sense of a love triangle between Maximus, Black Bolt, and Medusa, yes, I think that is definitely... Well, that's uh, always kind of been there, though, because that was always... That was also in the... Um, Leon Jenkins run, you got that. You got this this kind of triangle thing where Maximus was kind of... Well, was it a love triangle, or was it just, just Maximus kind of wanted Medusa? It wasn't a bilateral love triangle, we'll yeah. say that. Um, my sense was that Black Bolt desired Medusa simply because he he saw her as something that his brother owned, and he wanted her just for that reason. Although in this, it seems that he he likes her because of her and that it has mm-hmm. and that at first it doesn't seem that black bolt has any interest in her so far it's, as we know at this so point. far who who um, doesn't like a strong-willed red-headed woman i certainly do exactly. um so another thing is that they're referring to each other as cousin again <laughs> oh boy well they've been um, doing that yeah. i i always kind of thought maybe it's because i never i don't know do, do you, do you guys ever think that's a little bit awkward? I mean, I know royal families no, do all because the time, it's, but... it's yeah. Well, that's why it's not awkward. I mean, it is awkward, but at the same time, it's like I'm not surprised because it's a royal family, and it's like that's just how things roll. Yeah, I was so gonna say, well, it's I'm still just royal. like, I mean, the, the, it's still weird, queen. especially this time, you know, in in this day and age. But you know, if you're if you're going with how antiquated Adelan is in in that respect. No, I'm not, it's not surprised. I'll say that's not, that's not an antiquated situation because the fact that the Queen of oh, yeah. Britain is married to her cousin. That's true. So yeah. it's not that old, I don't think. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just weird. Cousins getting it on is pretty much commonplace in royalty. But, um, you know, the family trees of these two families, they're not blood relatives, but um, according to the little family tree that was provided by the Marvel handbook. Who knows if that's still in canon. Yeah. But there's only like 2,500 citizens on Adeline altogether. So they're all related in some way or form. They're all basically cousins, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's weird though. I mean, it's, then again, then again, it's coming from, a, it's coming from a guy that lives in the Southwest UK. So everybody in the UK might get that joke, but <laughs> I, I'm just kind of, Thinking of it as like a history thing, I don't know. It's not. Yeah. It's it's weird, and it, it you know I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm just like, nah. Royalty. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Cersei <laughs> Jamie yeah. weird. It's uh, but 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 still a little weird. Um, Cersei and Jamie yeah. is just messed up. But anyway. <laughs> now, if that wasn't enough, the comic also comes with a short backup feature starring <laughs> Lockjaw, uh, written by Ryan North and uh, illustrated by Gustavo Durante. And it's a wonderful little fun palette cleanser for the uh, uh, the uh, intense main story, and it, it's just a, a funny little cartoon of uh, of the Thing and Lockjaw playing fetch, um, which is nice. Um, I don't know if, any, if either of you guys are reading the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, but no, uh, not. Ryan North is a wonderful comic, a comedic writer. Everything he does is just hilarious, and I strongly recommend the unbeatable Squirrel Girl because month in month out, it's one of the best books to read. Yeah, I've I've heard that. I've heard, a friend of mine used to get it uh, when he was at university, and he said that it was actually genuinely a really good book. So I might I might get it in trade at some point. Anyone yeah, who's interested, anyone who's interested in coding, uh, there's a lot of coding humor 
yeah, throughout that book. Oh, I have a friend I can give that book right to then because yeah. she yeah. used to do all that. I'll have to just send it her way. Is that a um? You have to be a massive nerd. Oh. Sorry, 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 sorry. Wait, aren't you a aren't you a tech worker? Don't you do? Tech uh, I I design stuff. I I did do coding at university. Please don't tell people that. Um, but well, I am just a massive told, nerd. Like so all our listeners that, world. so you know. I, I'm sure that all four of them aren't going to worry. Hey, now, joke. No, along, I'm kidding. <laughs> along with, along with being a really awesome uh, comic book writer, uh, Christopher Priest is also an ordained minister. Really? Um, yeah. I did not know that. So, <laughs> it, 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 I think it's very unlikely that he would choose the name uh, Elisha uh, just randomly. Uh, Elisha is a, a prophet from the uh, Old Testament. I wondered why um, that name was familiar. He also shows up in the Quran. <clears throat> He's the adopted son and heir to uh, Elijah um, mm. and, and was uh, very instrumental in the in condemning the evil king Ahab um, who oh. ruled Israel back in, I don't know, 250 BC or something like that. Um, so I think that there's some parallels here between uh, Ahab uh, from the Bible and the unspoken slash living uh, Terrigen, and that 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 there is a reason why this guy has chosen the name Elisha. Elisha. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, Elisha. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right with Elijah. Probably. It's uh, um, and so uh, um. That's just an interesting little tidbit. For Something to just kind of keep in mind going forward. Very interesting. Sure. So, um, either way, if you're not reading Once in Future Kings, you need to get on that because it's a fantastic writer and a fantastic artist, and you just need fantastic to read it. Fantastic book. It's yeah. just yeah. beautiful to look at. It's, it's, and, and, I mean, I, I don't think that Priest and Noda have worked together, but they make for a wonderful team. They sync up just beautifully yeah um and um it's uh you know i kind of wish that uh that um (laughs) this was what the tv show is going to be well it could be you never know we haven't seen the tv show yet despite what people are saying and what people have seen has only been like half of the episode so that's true so Uh, they're just writing the whole series yeah. off off of the half and, an and, hour. And and those uh, worried about the other cast members is uh, future issues show that, that 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 Triton, Karnak, and Gorgon will be involved in the series as well. So hold oh, on good. to your hats. Yep. It's not it's not going to be just these three. Nope. And um, it's gonna. It's, I think yeah. it's it's a mini, so I think it's going to pick up steam pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. How long is it meant to be? Four or five issues? Five. I think issues, it's five, I think. five issues. Yeah. Boy, Five. Oh boy, that's... It's really good. So um, I, I managed to uh, nab a um, a humans television show cover uh, variant. Oh, oh, with the with Lockjaw on it, right? Yeah, yeah. I was nice. I, I waiting for that to come post, and it's really it's, it looks. Really I wish good. I wish my financial situation was a little bit better because I think I would buy like every cover for the series. Yeah, I got the I got the Phil Noto cover. I mean, the Ryan Stegman cover is great too, but that that Noto cover can not be beat it's just wonderful piece of artwork well oh my god if i could if he ever did commissions i would get one so fast if i had money <laughs> um so our i think go ahead 
I was about to say, uh, sort of the last thing on the agenda is the poster contest. Post, post, poster contest that we set up like three months ago. Yes, when, but we when got... I figured out that I had yeah, when I had a spare poster. But we uh... so go ahead. This is your baby. Okay, Adam. so yeah, so yeah, before the show, we put everybody's name into a hat, and um, well, not into a hat. I I made a spreadsheet um, because I'm not a geeky nerd who codes. Uh, and we we picked just a regular out regular nerd, <laughs> just a regular yeah. yeah. Uh, we picked a uh, useless nerd. All right, I'm not useless. God, that's, uh. <laughs> I'm a proud nerd. <laughs> um, so the winner of the Royals post competition, drum roll, should, please. Drum roll. Should I add a suitable a suitable silence so we know exactly when the when the winners come in? Uh, is is Wolf Warner um, at Dre Warner on Twitter? Um, he sent the coolest e- email. I have to admit. I mean, we read every single one, um, but he included a pic- uh, pictures of him and his family um, dressed up for NYCC. Uh, I saw them at NYCC walking around, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So, yeah. kudos to you who guys. They- I saw you there. Who were they dressed as? Um, uh, Moon and Devil Dinosaur. So, um, ah, it was. Cool. He, it was actually. Um, he explained who it was. It was himself as Double Dinosaur, and then his wife and his niece both dressed as um his wife dressed as Moon Girl, and then his niece dressed as Lunella. And oh, that's uh, awesome! Yeah. yeah, and he sent pictures, which were amazing. So, um, saw you guys running around NYCC. Hope you'll be there this year, and I run into you guys again because that would be awesome. Yeah, and basically, if if I haven't already, because by the time this goes out, it'll be Wednesday. Um, if I haven't already, then I should uh, be sending you a message on Twitter or email back or whatever. I, I will contact you in the near future. Yes, <laughs> and uh, to get that sent off so to you. Good congratulations, deal. Congratulations, you guys! You'll be getting your own humans poster, and uh, probably be having another contest um, in the next couple yes. of months. I think, or yeah. unless you were thinking sooner. Because you guys sooner. are so organized. Yeah, we're well, so no, organized. Well, I think it's it's because, I mean, that one was really badly organized because it was the fact that it was just something I got sent in the post. But um, next episode should be... Um, one-year anniversary a episode. Year, year anniversary of the Atlanta Rising podcast. So Hey-o. we might might run something for that. So that would be, that'd be kind yep. of cool. And then um, I'll probably run something after NYCC as well, depending on what kind of signatures I can get for one of my posters that I have. Oh yeah. yes, speaking of Moon Girl, anyone who who's still hankering for more Moon Girl content, she featured in this week's issue of Vim. She she and and Devil Dinosaur were or guest stars in Venom, which I don't read, but um if Was you... Devil Dinosaur Venom cuz that would have been interesting as hell. I don't I think there's a there's an event <laughs> everyone Yeah, he gets venomized. I don't know. I didn't read it, but um um I think everyone's going to be venomed at some point. That's the new event. Oh. Um, the other thing was, I think um, I think Doc, you said to all the guys that did enter the contest, we might might chuck a couple of a, a code or bit their way. Oh yeah, um, lots of codes. Everyone gets codes. Yeah. So we so so to everyone else, if you send us an email, then we'll, we'll shoot you a code your way. Um, thank you for entering. Yes. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys. Um, sorry, it was so really long to response. get it. Yeah, we've got a. Got a lot of emails, and that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, and yeah. thank you for listening, everyone. Yes. yes. Uh, if if you do want to send us an email for suggestions of things to talk about, or uh, you know, 
if you want to complain about something, then send us an email at the show at atalanrising.com uh, or Twitter, which we are at atalanrising1. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>